This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I am so glad to welcome to the podcast my friend Nathan Harris. Nathan works at Cedarville University near Dayton, Ohio, where he serves as Senior Director of Annual Giving and Stewardship, as well as serving as Assistant Professor of Biblical Studies. Nathan also has a PhD in New Testament from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Nathan and his wife Kelsey have been married for seven years, and they have two young boys, Noah and Jude, and... He also has, I was told, a beloved golden doodle. So I want to hear more about that. But first, Nathan, so good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much, Champ. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. So uh, tell us about your dog, and then let's get into uh, God's Word. Yeah, so, you know, uh, my wife and I uh, have been married for uh, about seven years. Uh, we'll, we'll celebrate seven years this June. And uh, one of the first decisions we made as, as a married couple was to get a dog. And uh, both of us having animal allergies wanted to get a hypoallergenic dog. So the golden doodle was the route we wanted to go. And uh, our first uh, marital spat was over a female dog or a male dog. And uh, I wanted the male dog and Kelsey wanted the female dog. So uh, as any good husband would do, I acquiesced and decided. Uh, hey, let's get a female dog. That's a great idea. But the compromise there, champ, was that uh, we'll get a female dog, but I get to name the dog. And uh, as a true, true Baptist and lover of Charles Spurgeon, we named our our female golden doodle Charlie uh, after after the Spurge himself. So Charlie is a beloved uh, family pet. Uh, sometimes is uh, rode like a horse by one of our two boys, and she endures uh, with loving compassion for that family. <laughs> that sounds like a great dog. I love it. All right, so let's move from uh, the dog to Charles Spurgeon to God's Word, and uh, I'm curious to know what passage you have today. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Yeah, I love uh, this passage for many reasons. You know, as, as you said, I'm I, currently serving as a senior director of annual giving. Uh, So a lot of my focus at Cedarville is on raising money and talking to people about generosity. And 2 Corinthians, this is the book, this is the chapter that every pastor, ministry leader, organizational uh, leader goes to. So let me read here 2 Corinthians 8, 9 for you. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. You know, I I love this passage for for many reasons. And I love these few chapters for for many reasons. You know, we can look to Paul's word to the Corinthian church for examples of giving. Uh, We see the Macedonian church giving, quite honestly, out of their poverty, but with joy uh, to proclaim the gospel. We see examples of giving to sustain and support ministries. Uh, We hear of how this is a, a cheerful thing for us to do that the Lord calls us to do. We even hear in our giving, we find sufficiency and contentment in what the Lord gives us that in all things at all times, God continues to provide for his people. So we can give with a cheerful heart. And one of the things that I love the most about what the apostle Paul does here is he roots our generosity in the gospel. Hmm. He roots our generosity into the gospel. Yeah. So let's go there. Like why is giving money 
Because sometimes, right, it just, it seems like that's when you turn on the television and there is a pastor or a church or some kind of Christian or a ministry, and they're always talking about like giving money and in the offering and all that, and it kind of gets a bad name, right? So why is giving so important in God's word for God's people? Yeah, well, I mean, first, you know, we're New Testament people, we're New Covenant people. Uh, the command to give uh, is not out of compulsion to the law. So we're, we're not living under the Mosaic law, living in obedience to giving and tithing. We are giving out of a cheerful heart to support ministries. Mm -hmm. And we see, as I've alluded to here, P Paul's word is it's rooted in the gospel that Jesus was rich, became poor so that we could become rich. Uh, this is the divine exchange that Paul does so many times uh, in, in his Corinthian correspondence. He does this in chapter five on reconciliation. For your sake, he became sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So the idea of reconciliation is rooted in the gospel. And we find Paul talking about that in giving as well, that we give because God has given to us. We give because Christ in his exchange has made us rich in, in spiritual terms so that we can give with joyful hearts that our money is not our money. Uh, our time, our talents, our treasures are not ours. They're the Lord's and we're stewarding them uh, and making massive kingdom impact when we give with a cheerful heart. You know, I always think of Martin Luther. Uh, he said that the person experiences three conversions in their life. And this is so true. He says uh, the, the believer experiences conversion of mind. They experience conversion of heart. And at some point they'll experience the conversion of their pocketbook. <laughs> and what, what Luther was always trying to show was upon faith, our minds are transformed to the will and desire of the Lord. Our hearts are transformed for the will and desire of the Lord and become aflamed with our love for Jesus. But sometimes the last thing that's converted is our pocketbook because we want to hold on to our money. Hmm. And I think when we have a right understanding of what gospel generosity is, we give knowing this is not ours but it's been given to us as a stewardship for the Lord. So what are ways that we can be generous or learn to cultivate that kind of generosity? So I know that numbers of families listen to our podcast and there might be kids thinking, I don't have a job. I don't, I don't make a salary. Maybe I have an allowance. Maybe, you know, I do babysitting or I mow lawns and I'm trying to think through like, what does generosity look like? And should I give 10%? I've heard people talk about that, like kind of practically boots on the ground. How can even kids cultivate generosity for the Lord? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's one of the things that I'm working through when talking to potential donors or even congregants of a church when we when I preach on uh, 2 Corinthians 8. You know, a, a cultivation of generosity is not just in the realm of money. We're not just talking in the realm of money management, mm -hmm. but we're talking the idea of loving mankind so much that we're willing to give more than just our money, but our time and our talent. So one of the things that I'm always encouraging people to do is as a Christian, we should be serving in a lot of ways as well. Some of us are, are more wealthy than others. Some of us have financial means more than others, but we all have time. We all have abilities. So how can we be generous with those things mm. and show the Lord's loving kindness to this world in the ways that we're serving? I think of a quote from a theologian that in generosity, we're not just in the realm of financial stewardship, but what we're doing is proclaiming and portraying the gospel to those around us in the ways that we serve and give with mm. cheerful hearts. You know, that's such an interesting way of thinking about giving because God has given us everything we have and we are giving it back to him. And like you said, it's modeled on the gospel. So not only is, let's say John three sixteen, not only is it good news for us to just receive, 
but it's also a good example for us to follow mm. that we also should be giving. So yeah. what a great reminder. And I think if you're listening to this and you are a younger person and you want to know like, how can I do this in my family or my church context, talk to your mom and dad and see what they say. I think that'd be some great conversations. So Nathan, it's so good talking with you. I appreciate your taking us to this verse because this is just a great reminder from God's word. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Could you just close our time by praying this verse for all of us? Oh, of course. Let me pray. Father, we are grateful that uh, as we open your word, we we hear your word. Uh, and Lord, I'm so grateful today that as we turn to even a passage like 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that we hear the gospel, uh, that we, uh, we realize what the gospel means for our lives, that as Christ gave his life, he has given us means by which that we can serve this world. So beyond just the great commission in, in proclaiming the good news of Jesus, uh, but Lord, we can be examples to this world in the ways that we steward our finances, steward our time and steward the way in which we are serving. So Father, we are so grateful for it. May may our hearts and our minds be affectionate to your son and his gospel. Lord, may we steward ourselves well. Father, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.